Welcome to the Explore Words Discover Worlds podcast, presented by Bradford Literature Festival. In this episode, we welcome one of Pakistan's most beloved and multifaceted public figures, Vasay Chaudhry, best known for writing sitcoms, comedy dramas and films. Recorded live at the 2023 Bradford Literature Festival, Vasay shares captivating stories from his life, bringing his renowned warmth, charm and charisma to your ears. Hello and uh, Salaam Alaikum. Welcome to the Bradford Literature Festival. Um, thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, my job today is to just basically ask a few questions and then open it up to the audience because obviously no one's really interested in what I have to say, thankfully. We're all here to see this gentleman. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of a brief introduction just for those people who don't know who he is, which I'm be surprised because I'm sure you're avid fans and know everything about him. But Vasay Chaudhry is a Pakistani screenwriter, actor, director, producer, host and comedian. There you go. Now, when, we're gonna t when we talk, we'll talk about some of these kind of films, but such as the films that you had, which is actually gross, is it over 700 million rupees worldwide in sales, yeah. which is a fantastic achievement, uh, as well as all of that, as well as being this great film screenwriter and filmmaker and actor, etc. as you know, he is the host of the comedy show Mazagrat on Dunya News, and you've been doing that since 2015. So I think that's all I need to say, and I'm just going to crash into the first question and say... So Vasay, thank you for coming today and sharing, us, sharing a little bit about your kind of like your journey with us. Now, your family are firmly entrenched in the entertainment industry, aren't they? Sorry? Uh, your family. Yeah. They're firmly entrenched in the uh, entertainment well, industry. They were entrenched in, a, in it from a very business side of it. Like, you know, they were into running a cinema house and a couple of cinema houses and a studio at one point in time. So it was purely a sort of a financial transaction sort of angle to it, not the creative side of it. Mm -hmm. Although my grandfather at one point in time did get into the producer's mode, but I think which is back in 50s, but I, I think it was again also a very financial angle to it, not as per se a creative angle to it. So in that way I have been... Uh, but they have had a very famous cinema. Yeah, that, that was again a part yeah. of business. Like, you know, it's like if someone uh, owns a restaurant and their uh, third generation, someone becomes a chef. So that's because my dada owned a restaurant. So, you know, I just yeah. saw chefs and then I one day wanted to be a chef. So, it's so, how did you, so how did you, what, what made you want to get into the, in, in I the industry? I didn't know anything else. Yeah? Okay. I didn't know how but to But at what age, though, were you? Sorry? What age were you when you I decided? did my theatre... Star I started theatre when I was 18. Uh, that was the first time I actually got into Before that, it was just watching a lot of Pakistani cinema for free. I think that kind of yeah. did the trick that... At that time, a uh, lot of kids in Pakistan from the school that I was studying in or where I used to live, they were not into watching Pakistani films mm. because that sect of the society had kind of disconnected from cinema. Yeah. They would just watch TV. I, by default, had that chance where I could go to a cinema hall and watch those Sultan Rai movies. <clears throat> now, there might be, a, you know, if you think about it, people, that, that is usually the era that people make fun of in terms of Pakistani cinema, the Sultan Rai era. Uh, but what I observed was the way you're supposed to handle the psyche of six, seven hundred people sitting in a hall. Mm. How do you psych up six, seven hundred people? Now, maybe the directors of that time were doing it in Punjabi films and for a completely different strata of our society, but the trick remains the same. Mm which I later realized when I got into this work, line of work myself, I thought about it and I remember once I was uh, 10, 12 years back, I was giving a lecture in this uh, Bikanaj National University in Lahore mm. to these filmmaking students. And at that point, I took out these three clips from three different genres of cinema. One was a clip from Hollywood, one was a clip from an Indian film, and one was a clip from a Pakistani film. And there were like 60, 70, you know, kids, filmmaker kids who were 
taking that lecture. And I showed them that there was a scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where there's this monster on the ship and he's trying to take over and Johnny Depp has deserted everyone and he has gone off. I don't know which part it was of Pirates, but he has left and he's gone off and uh, the heroine and uh, Orlando Bloom are fighting the monster and mm. everyone is trying to get rid of it and eventually when at one point when Orlando Bloom is about to be eaten or whatever by the monster, <laughs> there comes Johnny Depp again. Mm. It was the same applause moment that Hollywood created. Then I picked up a film Kabhi Khushi Kabhi Gam mm. in which you must be remembering all of that scene where Jaya Bahadri is sitting and doing her puja and a chopper starts coming and you know Shah Rukh Khan is approaching. <laughs> and the moment when she does and the hawa chalti hai and you know this silence and the music stops and then she looks back and Shah Rukh Khan approaches. Applause moment. Then same thing. A woman is running in the field and uh, there are these goons who are trying to rape her and she goes to the village and is trying to ask for help. No one is helping her, no one is helping her. Everyone is scared of the goons because they are the you know, main villains. And uh, she is then howling and screaming that, oh God, is there no one left in Pakistan or not for that matter, not just Pakistan. Our women have a ability to challenge the whole of al Islam. So like in, in Punjabi, I still remember as a kid, she said, koi dunia ch musulman ni bachaya jada no so she said that and then there's no one coming. So eventually the villains are mocking her and they're like, you will do this, we'll do that. And uh, one of the villain uh, snatches her dubatta and he throws it up in the air. I still remember that scene. The dubatta in a very badly shot edited way goes, which is not even gelling with the scene. Yeah. It's a different shot that goes of dubatta. And <clears throat> Akhil, I remember, the dubatta goes like this and I still remember there were 700 men, not even women, men sitting in that hall. It was an Eid day in Shekhopur. I was watching this film. I, of course, was watching it for free. And the dubatta came and this hand came and it just held the dubatta. I kid you not, I saw 700 men erupt in screams. <laughs> and the curses that they used, I cannot repeat those for those villains at that point in time. And as a kid, I was amazed. I was like, what is this phenomena? And there was that hand was Sultan Rais. Just the point that, you know, these are the same tricks of psyching up the audience mm. are used all over the world. So as coming back to your original point, that that is one thing that I learned from Pakistani cinema, which Netflix doesn't teach you which no OTT teaches you, which television doesn't teach you. The psyche of a television, I believe, is different. The psyche of cinema is different. Television is where you can stop something, you can forward something, you can go eat, do something else, whatever you want to do, you know it's waiting. You can download something, stop it at your uh, <clears throat> will. You can't do that in cinema. Cinema is about you preparing yourself to go out of your houses, take that drive or take that, you know, cover that distance and then sit in that cinema hall and then collectively watch something. That psyche is very different. Well, let's pick up on that then, because obviously, without getting into too technical, because you have to excuse me, I'm a professor of media, so I might uh, go down a rabbit hole that, that nobody else wants to listen to. But if that's the case, then has, it, has your work changed in a world where people actually are not necessarily going to the cinema anymore. If you look at the data, that, particularly in this country, and they look at the data, cinemas are empty. I have a monthly pass to the cinema in Bradford here. I'm often the only person, or there's about three people in the screening. So there's no one, people, but, but, films be, are being made, they're being streamed, so you can pause, you can fast forward. People are watching things on their phones, God forbid. They're doing all of these things now. Has that had an effect, and will it have an effect on the work that you do then? Because uh, what you're talking about is a world which still exists in Pakistan, but it may not exist globally. Okay, so I'll A, that this phenomenon that you're talking about is very recent, post-COVID, yeah. okay? At the same time, if you see the numbers that are coming in from uh, China and India, 
they are not the same as the no. ones that you're giving example of in terms of West. Yeah. Whether it's UK, Europe, US, Canada, maybe cinema is going down, but in China it's picking up. If you see the recent statistics, they are on 60, 70,000 screens of their own, just in China. And their prediction for the next 10 years is mind-boggling. Yeah. India, on the other hand, for, so, suffered in 2021 and 2022 uh, to get their audiences back. But then there are films like RRR, which are you know, getting crazy numbers crazy in numbers. cinema. So what I feel now, Akil, that might be an, so sort of an evolution, that there's certain, you will not go to the cinema to watch every film. There are ideas that people have now kind of spotted that this is okay as far as it is OTT. But then if it's Marvel, we want to go to the cinema. You don't want to watch Iron Man in your, on your OTTs. You want to, or maybe later at a later stage, you will watch it, you won't mind it. But the first experience, you want to have it in cinema. So I think that way, it's like a sort of a demarcation that has been done. That certain films you're going to watch. Earlier, what I feel, every film was taking the leeway of being watched in cinema. After COVID, I think that angle has changed. But, but, uh, in, so, uh, but so at, the, at the moment, you're not factoring in the fact that people may ap approach the films differently. Than what they they are approaching, before. but I but feel... you're not factoring it in uh, yet for no, your work I, because I, of no, no, the I audience. I feel that they are going to, of course, because they've seen so much content in the last three years. Exactly. You know, unwantingly also they have seen so much content. So a lot of average content has gotten neutralized. That's my way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah. Like people have gotten that sensibility that this idea is worth, you know, one evening at home. We don't need to, you know, burn the gas, yeah. go there, buy popcorns and all. Best we can, you know, get the popcorns from the store and, you know, get it done. And that, I think that sort of sensibility these guys have gotten now. Yeah. That is my take. I, I feel like that. Because otherwise you see these films like RRR and then recent times Mola Jat. I mean, they have gone to see Mola Jet all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it be Pakistan, let it be UK, let it be America. Why did they go? They could have waited for OTT. Yeah. Because they just couldn't re get the replication of that experience no, that they got in the cinema. And it's a shared experience as well. Yeah, and the film was specifically made for cinema. I know the team, I've been working with those guys. They, from day one, that man imagined only cinema. Every dialogue, every sync of it, every music style, it was all designed for cinema. He never thought that I want to go for OTT. So that is what I'm saying. Mm. Coming back to the cinema psyche. Yeah. I mean, he is also actually, his, both his films, Mala Jet and Before That War, were a byproduct of that cinema psyche. He wanted to psyche you up collectively in a cinema hall. And, and if you go back to the start then, obviously, you, you start off by writing plays. I right? started off with theatre. Uh, then from theatre I moved to television and then I wrote television for... How difficult was the jump? Very. Yeah? Because I'm how, not did you, what did you, how did you go from theatre to television? I, well, I did a play in theatre which again I didn't want to write but I had to write because no other writer was there to write it. So a mentor, sort of friend of mine, he pushed me into it that and I respected him too much to, you know, kind of counter question him. So I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> so then I still remember that is how I started writing in theater. Luckily that idea got clicked in the, you know, underground theater circle. And then we made a television play out of it, which yeah. was Jutton Bond. And uh, from there I wrote television for 11 years continuously. And then what, I wrote- What was it different? Because obviously, you know, what you can do in the, on theater, on stage, is often very different. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I didn't know anything about writing, honestly. Yeah. I didn't know anything about writing. He literally taught me how to, that you write scene, one, yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah. I had no idea about that basic stuff even. So that mentor of mine, Zain Ahmed, he's the son of uh, our famous Pakistani actress, Samina Ahmedji, his, uh, her son. Uh, he literally taught me. And uh, that is how I got into television. And then I guess, you know, I had my luck in television. Eventually then, I, 2012, 13, I wrote my first feature film. 
Well, that must have been. So what, what gave you the opportunity to write the feature film? Was it the fact that you had such a run of... I mean, you're very modest, but it was a, very, a run of success of dramas and long-form television actually, films. Uh, when I wrote my first feature, feature films in Pakistan had really taken a hit. No one was doing that. And at that time, Hamayun Saeed uh, wanted to make a film. So he asked me, and he knew me before that. And like the way I'm talking to you, yeah. he knew that I always used to have these conversations about Pakistani cinema and everything. So he offered me one day that, you know, I'm going to make this film, you want to write it? And uh, I had literally like five seconds to decide. Yeah. I just said yes. I didn't talk to him about money. I didn't talk about anything. It, the sto film story idea was also, you know, they had already made it. So I just took it from that and then I wrote the screenplay and whatever I could do with it. So that is how I started writing my first but, but, film. But Obviously, you know, you, you had a mentor who helped you in to make the, the leap from theatre yeah. to television. How did you make... Was it... You, did you just do it yourself, the leap from film, television to film? Because no, obviously, it was, again, it, it's a completely it, different it, genre. It yeah. was an opportunity that came yeah. my way yeah. and I just grabbed it. Yeah. And, of course, deep down, I always wanted to write films. Yeah. I think that when I saw the opportunity, I just grabbed it. And then, you know, whatever, then other films happened later. So... For me, it was just an opportunity that came, thank God, at that time. And tell us about the films, because they're particularly... There's two of them which are incredible, incredibly well-received and have and actually broke box office records in Pakistan and abroad. Yeah, at that time, actually, I think... Well, we, you know, me and my director kind of at times think about it, that what happened with those films, because we were not expecting what happened. And we came to the conclusion that Actually, the audiences were not expecting this from a Pakistani film. They got surprised. But what, what was it they weren't expecting? What did they, they weren't get? expecting a Pakistani film that looked production-wise as good as an Indian film, and it was more funnier. <laughs> what? Better written? <laughs> Better written? Sorry? Better written? Yeah, but I'll tell you, <laughs> because they always used... I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example over here. I remember... Um, I don't sound, this might sound very um, immodest of me, but uh, I will just experience a very personal thing. I remember there was this film, Akshay Kumar's film that I was watching in a cinema in Pakistan, and my mother really loves Sing is King and all that. So I also, you know, Bhaira Peri and Sing is King and all, he's, Akshay Kumar is very good. Uh, so I, there was this one film that I was watching, and I remember I was watching in and it was and people were laughing on that film. I also laughed, but they were laughing more. So, I was a little conscious. So, uh, I was watching and my wife was laughing. And I don't know why my friends are And I somehow said this in my heart that I can make them laugh more. I'll tell you why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had seen Pakistani comedy films in cinema back in the 90s, which were... Very funny. There was this one film in particular, Chor Machai Shor. It was a ridiculously funny film. And I remember, and then after that, that, there was a discontinuation of Pakistani films. So when I saw this, I remember, I was like, dude, I've seen a funnier film than this. But these guys are laughing at this, mm. like this. So what if they actually get a bigger dosage? It was sort of, I didn't say it to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't share it with anyone. I just, this was like an inward kind of a voice that I had. Okay, I can make them laugh more. So then when I wrote Jawani Phirniyani, to be honest with you, I gave it my best shot. I was like, to hell with these guys. Either I'm going to go die trying, but I'm going to make them laugh. And I'm going to show them that what is it when Pakistani humor hits you. Mm. Because I'll tell you, I've had a very basic theory long time back. You love Messi. You know, your kids love Messi. You, your kids love Ronaldo. Mm. Whenever he's playing for a team, you'll always, if you're a Messi or a Ronaldo fan, you will, you know, you know, cheer for him that go Messi, go Ronaldo. But it will only happen till the day he's not playing against the Pakistan team. <laughs> hmm. The day a Pakistan team comes in, even if it is as bad as it is, you will still want to, you know, cheer for that Pakistan team. So I had this thing that the day you guys get a good film that you can own up, you will take it all the way. And that is exactly what happened with Jawani Pirniyani 1 and 2. The moment they saw that the quality was matching and it was a content that they were not expecting, better or not, I, that is relative, that is. But I think the visual quality was there, 
and then they were not expected, they were taken by surprise. So they just went haywire with it. Oh, and how, how did you get the visual quality then? What, what changed to make the... The production the, yeah. side, I think, Hamari but was it already really. the, No, but was it there already? It was there, you? but we never used to use it for mm. Pakistani cinema. We had just started using it. So, you know, a film that was shot on the same camera as you mm. use anywhere in the world, editing, the production-wise, you know, making it look larger, frames are bigger because, yeah, of course, yeah. that takes in money. I think that was very, very, very well dealt by Nadeem Beg and Hamayun Saeed. Did you shoot it on, sorry, a bit of a technical question, but it will, it will help the next question. Did you shoot it on film or digital? Uh, I think digital. Digital, that, right. Yeah. I thought that was the case. That was a, I, I, I went to watch those, some of these, lots mm. of Pakistan, the resurgence in Pakistani yeah. cinema over the, over the last 10 years. I've seen a lot of films. And the, te the, the expert in me knows that obviously it's digital cameras. Mm. And, uh, do you think that leaping technology, because it's cheaper, obviously, than cheaper, previous, but, but actually it has enabled people but, to actually make things look beautiful because they I, do look beautiful. Yeah, they look, but Akhil, even for that, you need to put in a lot of money. I mean, you course, know, yeah. the camera is there. When I say but, cheaper, I mean, yeah, it's, but like, it's, you know, artwork has to be yeah. there. So those course, things, yeah. you know, when you hire the right people, then they would give you the, de the desired result. That thing was not there earlier in Pakistani cinema. It used to be very sort of, a, you know, get it over with kind of an affair. So I think that th those were little, little things. Of course, the technicalities people wouldn't know, but mm. those things were very well assembled. Yeah. And in terms of ideas then, what kind of ideas for the, for the, for the dramas that you're writing, for the films, etc., what kind of ideas excite you? Yeah, I can't put my finger on yeah. this. Honestly, I can't. Hi. I mean, <laughs> I... It, depends uh, on whatever wave, brain wave that I'm experiencing at that time. Yeah. I mean, I can write a Jawani Pirniani, but then I can do something like Jackson Heights as well, which has got nothing to do with humor. It's about expats yeah. uh, living in uh, the States, uh, New York. I wrote that play and a lot of people to date uh, don't know that I wrote that play. Be because of the other work that I do regularly, which is... But what made you want to write Jackson Heights, then? Because obviously that must have been a bit of a passion play. Or, or was it just something yeah, it was just saw a gap like, in the market? No, or? no, no, I'll tell you. Actually, Mehreen Jabbar, the director mm. of the play, discussed this idea, and then I discussed something. I was like, I've had this story, and then we both kind of, you know, back and forth, back and forth, the way it works. And I just liked the idea. I just wanted to... I was just... Uh, talking to you earlier that uh, to someone else over here that I get intrigued by people who live abroad because they experience so many new things new life new home new place new culture new religion new you know so there's so many things coming in so that used to always and then the idea that you have to live somewhere and leave your birthplace you know for maybe economical reasons, cultural reasons, or whatever reasons, personal reasons, that intrigued me as a, maybe as a writer. And then when this opportunity came, so that was a completely passion project for me and Maureen, and um, it is something that, you know, the, coming back to your thing, I don't know, I can't tell. Mm. At the same time, I can write something like Dolly Ki Aegi Barat, which is, as that tells you, so you know, that is something that is completely, you know, different from a Jackson Height. Yeah. So I can never put my finger on what I want to write. Well, tell us about the process for both of those then. Which so, one? Well, Jack Jackson Heights and Yvonne. How did you get Jackson how, Height, interestingly, actually, I'll tell you, I wrote that play in 2013 and uh, I went to America for the first time in my life in 2017. 2016. I had never okay. been to. Uh, a lot of people don't believe this, but I actually yeah. not had been beyond Dubai till 2016. America was in 2016, and then I I didn't go to Jackson at that time. I went to Jackson in 2017. I just wanted to see the place. Manika, itna kuch likh diya, kuch dekh bhi lo jaake. Jagah hai kaisi? Well, how was it then? Yeah, it was. Having written something. Yeah, actually, it was very interesting because I just went over there and I just you know walked and I just wanted to walk and then. People came, so, you know, that idea of walking in seclusion was not there, so I had to run off. But uh, it was interesting because at that time, I think, uh, when I wrote the play 2012, I did a, I had to go through a lot of research. Uh, Google, thank you, helped a lot. I used it extensively. Then, you know, Marine used to make videos and then 
the pictures used to come to me, so many pictures and so many videos just for me to get the feel. And I used to ask her to send more videos bhejo so I can get a feel of the way people live over there. Then going through pictures, imagination, God knows what all. Similarly, in a play that I did, which was Annie Ki Aegi Barat, I did a character in it. I acted in it one of the parts as well. I did a character of a person who, a guy who is from England and uh, is British born. And yeah. <laughs> you might have a few fans in the room. Yeah. Just, so, just, just, yeah. <laughs> so, just in case you weren't aware, you may yeah. have a few fans. So yeah. those, uh, that character, I'll tell you interestingly, was I did that in 2011. And uh, I came to England for the first time in 2017. I had never been to UK. And I remember Behroz Sabzwari sahab, he called me after that one episode ran and he was like, yaar, wo meri behan ke bachche wa rahe te, wo bilkul aise hi hai. So, meri kacha ji, to kate ye tum, tumne ye, kitre tum mila hai un logo se? To mene unko bataya hai, mene ka, Behroz bhai, I've never been to England. Like, jhoot bol raha hai tu, ab tu drama kar raha hai, mene ka, I swear you can see my passport, I've never, they've never given me a visa. I've never been. So again, a lot of research had to go in. You know, I used to call because I have a lot of cousins, by the way, uh, second cousins, third cousins, because my mother is from Jhelum. So you can imagine. So I used to talk to people, you know, then again, pictures and visual enhancement and then, you know, references. So a lot of work goes but into this. it's still this. a big leap, isn't it? Writing about another culture that you've never experienced. That's the fun part. No, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but actually it's, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like, you know, I had to do, do, do whatever research tools that mm. I had at my disposal, whether it was asking people for help, talking to them, or getting, you know, as I said, pictures, videos, yeah. reading articles. Uh, like, I remember if you... Uh, in Jackson Heights' first episode, there was this whole episode was around that Eid has come and Numan Ajaz sahab was uh, taking the, he was the main lead character, he takes all these Indians and Pakistanis uh, cab drivers to watch a film. And it's mm -hmm. an Indian film that he's making them watch and it was in a cinema. Now, that cinema, I don't remember the name, but that cinema actually is still in Jackson Heights. Mm. I didn't know. But you know, that kind of research that I did just to make it look kind of authentic, yeah. That there is that place, that cinema actually exists over there. Mm -hmm. And on the occasion of Eid, you know, Indians and Pakistanis go and watch cinema. Yeah. So, you know, you do these kind of tricks and imagination, I guess, comes into play. But that's when it works. I mean... Of course, when it doesn't work, yeah. that is also... You see, that the best part about any movie, series, whatever you want. And this happens to me as well, and I question it at times, that... When you watch something and you say, Yaar, badi buri film thi, yaar. Abhe, kya bura drama tha? And then, think about it, inhoi utni mehnat se banaya hai, jitna ke, jo aapko achcha laga tha, wo banaya tha. To, this is again, you know, it can go either way. Interestingly, Jackson High didn't work as a commercial project. When Why? it was aired. And, that is one project that I keep getting the most feedback of. Mm. And interestingly, Was it too from, early? I don't know whether it was too early or whether it was not commercial enough for people. Mm. When you say commercial, do you mean in Pakistan? Yeah, or? in Pakistan, yeah. It right. was not so a commercial they success well, they in Pakistan. Weren't, they weren't as interested in their lives and loves and tribulations. No, yeah, they of, weren't of maybe, or maybe America, they weren't yeah. maybe, because I had like all the characters, if you ever see that play, mm. there were two male characters in it. The main leads, uh, Adil Hussain and Umar Ajaz played those. They were very grey characters. I didn't do black or white. I didn't do that. We as humans, I believe, are mostly grey now in a lot of things in our lives. So I, my interpretation was sort of that. And uh, I guess people didn't really commercially, it wasn't that successful, but I keep yeah. on getting feedback of that. It's what, what do people say? It represents my life or I loved it? Or? I'll get a lot of uh, messages uh, from fans in India that or Indians who live abroad and they're like, we saw and it is so relatable and all that. I guess they relate. I mean, they can relate to something in it. In terms of, would you do that again? 
Not, in, not necessarily not maybe in Jackson sc- Heights. No, no, no. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you do it again, say, say in the UK? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Somewhere? I think the UK, it, yeah. I find it to be so interesting. Mm. I mean, although I didn't come till 2016, uh, 2017, I have not, not been to U, UK, but ever since then, I have been here like maybe a dozen times now. I always love being in UK because I feel that uh, UK, I don't I'm not really a fan of US. Okay. You can say that in this room. It's fine. I can say it in this room, but then I realize that it might be, you know, some clip might get out. US I'm not talking about the US fans. I'm just talking in terms of geography. You may want to apply for your visa before this gets published. Actually, I've just got that coming up as well. So I just realized. But no. A, it's kind of midway from Pakistan. So eight hours is doable. And otherwise, I find America is too big. It's too intimidating. You know, people say mm. they love New York. I was New York. I was like, yeah, yeah, you can't do UK, I find, is like a good version of Islamabad. You know, there's greenery, there is buildings that are not very big, like, you know, three, four floors, and okay, you're good. And we have the corruption now as well. In this Ooh. country, in, in the, the UK, we have corruption now to make you feel even more. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Well, yeah. <laughs> what were you expecting? Look at the number that we, got, we have we've over got, here. Uh, we got Asian politicians, maybe. Anyway. Yes, oh, yeah, excuse me. Maybe like, I should hello. stop while I'm ahead. But yes. You know, it had to get, get to this point. I mean, you guys are late, just in case you didn't realize. We didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> the empire eventually strikes back. But sorry, you, you, you casually dropped in earlier on that you, I acted in this, I acted in that. I mean, it's, it's not a casual thing to suddenly be an actor. I have been acting and writing for my first play yeah. since 2000. So I always kind of... Always were dabbling in acting, but, but, not yeah. less, but, but you've but done I, a lot I of acting. Yeah. I don't do one thing uh, a lot because then I get bored. I just don't like to do writing only because then I find my writing to be boring okay. and same is the case with acting. Uh, so I kind of... But how do you write? Because I'm working with someone now and, and this guy goes for... He has five or six different places where he goes writing every day. He, one day he'll write at home, the next day he's, off, he's booked a desk in an office, the next day he'll go to his father's house because he doesn't want to sit in the same place because it make, he feels it makes him stale. Does that work for you, or do you just sit at home and then it just comes out by magic? Uh, no, Akil, now I wait for the magic and some, you know, silence. And because now, with you know, life has become much more, you know, there are too many distractions, so it becomes difficult to focus. So I just look for that alone, you know, silent time wherever I can get it. And hopefully, if it's in a place where I am uh, comfortable, that's a bonus. And of course, so you've done the acting, the writing, etc. All those things, incredible, you know, award-winning, you know, blockbusters, and then you end up presenting a satirical, yeah, comedy night show. Yeah, again, well, you're probably going to say you, you didn't intend to do it and you fell into it. I, but was it that simple? I used to do a lot of uh, uh, award show hostings, like you know, yeah, there yeah. were the big, big awards in Pakistan, Lux Style Award, Airway Awards, Hum Awards. Mm. So I used to do that, and then this gig fell into my lap, literally. I would not, you know, this came out of nowhere because a gentleman earlier used to do that, and then when he left, then mm. I was approached, and I did it, and I think it just worked. But how did you make the leap into, did you just treat it as an acting, or was it just a case of, I'm just going to be myself? Because I think I am a good listener. Uh, so, and I'm always kind of interested in, you know, uh, other people's lives. I think being a writer, that helped me and then had a slight interest in politics as well so I kind of managed to gel the two you know because usually I realize that politicians are always you know we see them in these hardcore political shows where they are fighting with another politician mm. or shouting or shouting you know whatever yeah. according to the nature <laughs> of the day but uh, I just was like okay let's ask the politician mm. what do you do in your free time and you'll be surprised, in my eight years, I, what I learned was that they actually have never thought of this question. Because no one asks them. You always ask them about, aapke leader ne ye kiya, aapke usne ye kiya, ye kiya. 
वो बेचारे से कोई पूछता ही नहीं है अपॉर्चुनिटी to make that cash i'll tell you some i'll give you a simple statistic uh, back home in pakistan uh, there are maybe 350 or some mnas you know in the parliament you will not know the name of 70 to 80% of them oh, yeah. because they never become the minister even so with the ones who don't become the ministers or some chairing some high end committee they don't get the opportunity to actually make that kind of money they just get thoda kind sa, of thoda sa banate they make it no but they, they you need to have an opportunity to make money no? i mean you just an mna who are, is from some south punjab ka region who has not gotten any ministry who has not gotten anything what has he been able to do the maximum he has been able to do is get two transfers of some police guy transferred or some inspector transferred from his thana and that's it he is still doing the old farming business that he was already doing before becoming mna so but because of the generalization that we have around the other main pro- prominent people that we see on tv uh, the politicians we kind of sweep everyone in that same go that politician so he is making money whereas i have seen those they bicharas don't make money they actually put in money on the election and then they wait ke ab kya hoga <laughs> no i know one of my uncles is the mna for pesakba Okay. No desire. Yeah. So you know, so did, I know yeah. Yeah, it did got a lot of money. But, yeah. but maybe it was through business. <laughs> um I just wanted to ask you about the um tell us a bit about the show because obviously it's a satirical yeah. comedy show. Um how hard is it to do satire in Pakistan? Yeah, it's hard and it's not so hard. Right. It's what hard if you are being biased. and then there are two three things that you really can't go towards if you don't do that and it's not hard because i say if it's not hard because if you're smart then you can get your way around it that's what i've always believed yeah. i have always had a very self censored kind of thing inside me there are a couple of things that i will not talk about that i will not joke about and that has been not just with this show even my work otherwise you know whatever body of work as a writer i've had in television and in films i will not you know you will not find you know censorship find, it seems it doesn't seem to sit with you know no no it sits with me i'll tell you i don't have any i ha- this was a very very uh, sort of a deliberate decision that i made i don't want to go into something extremely bold in terms of sexuality okay and visually trying to attract people through sexuality that is something that i didn't you know okay. i mean i will not make a 50 shades of gray okay i'm very clear i don't want to i have to watch my stuff with my mother and my sister and my daughters i don't want to do that mm-hmm. i know i i i'll tell you i am not in la i am from pakistan yeah and my closest countries to me are china and india I don't even have America as a next door neighbor. So I mean that's probably less sense when you think of the classical definition of censorship. That's less I suppose I self-censorship. You, now the other side that's is more that a case of if a I moral, can talk about something politically yeah. okay. So there I have done my share of pangas. Right. But as I said I have done them smartly. People usually in that region in Asia I feel when they talk about being bold they go towards sexuality. Yeah, yeah. They don't go in you will never find house of cards in pakistan or in india you, you i am the sort of person i would love to do house of cards let's get bold then yeah but that is my perspective yeah but when you're doing the satirical show i is it with what's going on in pakistan right yeah. now how how do you how do you tell that line because obviously there's such polarization in society yeah it's becoming more and more difficult but i have had my ways i mean whatever because satirical is you don't go way over the line mm. and you don't show that you're biased 
unfortunately i feel in pakistani media right now what has happened is in news media the, there are a lot of news anchors and journalists they became biased staying neutral is the most difficult thing they chose the easy way out and that is why i i mean i have made jokes on um, people's party mm-hmm. I've made jokes and skits on Mr. Zardari. I've made jokes on Mr. Uh, Nawaz Sharif Sahab, Mr. Imran Khan Sahab, Usman Buzdar Sahab, Parvez Alahi. They're all, while they were all in power, mind mm. you, I've done that. Yeah. Like, you know, they've been all in power and we've done that. But of course, I've never gone way beyond the line where it becomes offensive. But at the same time, using the, you know, yardstick of satire and trying to convey the message somehow. And do you think that actually the audience, one of the problems, I, I suppose, you know, in, the, in this country in particular, it not, it's not in America as well, but in this country we have a lot of regulation. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm on the board of, I'm, an advi- I'm on the advisory board of Ofcom, which is the people who regulate yeah. television and broadcasting and the media in this country. But we don't have, but, but you wouldn't be allowed to have the kind of biasness that you're talking about. In no, Pakistan well, we have, we have not had, uh, we, we have had that uh, biasness and you know now, mm. For the last two months, it's a totally different media in Pakistan. Yeah. You can't say so much. No. So it has come down to so that. How's that going to affect you then? I'm still trying to find my way around it. Yeah? yeah. I mean, does somebody come and knock on the door, or do you self-censor, or does the producer say maybe we should? No, do no. That? I mean, you, how does it work? No, I'm just no, trying to interested how it works. No, no. You don't get a knock on the door. No. You just get a call. Yeah. <laughs> Unknown number. I mean, obviously... You private caller calling. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that private caller calling, who, who... Hypothetically now, obviously, right? Huh? Who, would that, who would that private caller calling... I have be? no idea. Not Achha- for you, but you may have heard from other people. Yeah, I have not gotten a call because I don't yeah. do such things. I'm a good boy. <laughs> Secondly, uh, I've always heard this private... And actually, it's funny. There are a lot of things that I... Like, I'll tell you. Like, you know, there's this general phenomena that you keep on hearing... Uh, I'm sure all of you people of Pakistan, they call, they say Lafafa, Sahafi, and all those things. I get called at, as well at times, where I tweet something, they write something like that. And I've addressed this so many times in my show as well, that where is that Lafafa? Yeah. For months, I've, I've, I've asked, on my show I've said, <laughs> I, I've asked Mr. Imran Khan, Mr. Nawaz Sharif, anyone to please send me one Lafafa at least. <laughs> At least I've always been listening WhatsApp groups, Lafafas. Either I'm not cool enough to get that or to be put into one of those groups. But I have not ever been offered one and I feel really bad about it. I've been doing a show for eight years and I have, mashallah, a vast number of people watch the show. Dude, where is the Lafafa? I know. I feel for you. I, yeah. I, I had one meeting in Pakistan and was given a corrupt deal. Really? Yeah. And I won't even tell, it was right at the top. I, I, would, I didn't even, I went to see somebody else. And I came out of a meeting and I realized I'd been offered the most corrupt deal on the planet and didn't ever go back again. And I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry to break it to you. The Lafafas are out there. You've just got to be looking I, at it. I need to go with you now. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're going to come to an end soon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. some questions. Sure, so sure, sure. What's next? Apart from obviously leaving this I'm going to go and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I just came from a 15-hour flight. I landed at 7.30. Then I took the train and I came here at 10.40 and I'm here. So uh, that's how much I love Bradford. You can imagine. So I am going to sleep after this. <laughs> Once you've woken up, career-wise... What's next? I don't know. No? I'm working on a couple of things. Let's see. I have had this habit for a long, since the beginning. I don't really say with surety what is going to be next. Because I always believe that this is the kind of place where I might be thinking of a lot of things and they might not make it through. Okay. And then there might be something that you might see after some time and I was never planning it. And it has happened to me a lot of times. Yeah. Well, that, and that, that, that is true, and you've, you've, you've illustrated that for you. A lot of hard work as well, though. Yeah. I mean, you're very modest and very humble about it, but there's a lot of hard work. You don't just make those jumps and leaps and make it look easy. You just wait for, the, for your luck, or whatever you want to call it. You just wait for God to be kind. 
Otherwise, I always say all this thing, you just have to be persistent. Otherwise, this talented and successful and everything, it's just relative and it's just time bound. Tomorrow, I'll be the same guy. You will not be liking my work. And then, you know, people will say, Whereas I'll be the same guy with the same thoughts, same personality. So it's all time. Today, it's the time where you guys are liking my work. Thank you to you and thankful. I am thankful to God always. But tomorrow when you won't, then that's also going to be a time. So then what is the point of me taking or, you know, you know when I got that idea and, you know, I was so... I knew this was in me and I'm so talented and no, I'm not. It's just time right now. And God is kind till time is like, chal, enjoy kar. All right, so if we, to wrap up then, if you had the, how do you want your legacy to be remembered? What is it? Is it one film? I never thought of that. Film? Honestly, I've yeah. never thought of that. Is it a body of work? Mm. If I was to put a gun to your head now, which could happen in Pakistan. I just want... But it not, it may, and, it, and even in Bradford, it could happen. Definitely in Manchester, where I'm from, it could happen. Okay. Um, um, if I was to put a gun to your head, though, now and say, go on, you've got to choose the one thing that we're going to remember you by, what would it be today? Good question. I've not thought of this. I think he, he entertained us. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. To end. That's a good one to end on, so... What we're going to do now is we're going to just open it up if you've got any questions. So if you put your hands up and wait for the microphone. And I think it's the Medea there on the front. Assalamu alaikum. Vasa bhai, I'm from the rubber band generation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've seen the rubber band. So it's really lovely to meet you. I'm also an actor. My question is that in recent years, Cake and Joyland are my favorite movies. Because you talked about boldness, and of course, boldness doesn't have to be about skin. It has to be about the ideas. We challenge the ideas. Do you think that in Pakistan, is there potential that we are more women-driven, more socially-driven content? And just to follow on, are we investing in writers? हम बिल्कुल बहुत ज़्यादा कंटेंट बना सकते हैं, because अब तो देखें, I'm going to say this in Urdu, क्योंकि हमें अब तो इतने आपके फिल्म स्कूल्स खुल गए हैं और आपका कल्चरली एक आपके बच्चे-बच्चियां जो हैं वो यूनिवर्सिटीज़ जाना शुरू हैं, जब हमने शुरू किया था उसमें कोई डिग्री भी नहीं थी, अब तो फिल्मेकिंग तो एक तो पहला आपका इससे सवाल का हिस्सा जो था कि बहुत चांसेस हैं ठीक है दूसरा जो आपका हिस्सा था वो आपने दूसरा सवाल जो बोला वो क्या था कि जी जी फीमेल ड्रिवन फीमेल ड्रिवन फीमेल ड्रिवन आपने जैसा कहा तो बहुत ज़्यादा हाँ राइटर्स का आपने कहा था राइटर्स को देखें जी मेरा मानना है राइटर्स के लिए चांस बहुत है क्योंकि इतना कंटेंट अब बन रहा है फ्रॉम डिजिटल टू यू नो चैनल्स एंड एवरीथिंग मगर राइटर्स को नर्चरिंग उस तरह नहीं हो रही राइटर्स को रॉयल्टीज मिलनी चाहिए जिसके ऊपर मैं बहुत ज़्यादा हेल्पमेंट and very quickly. Writer लंबा ही अपना करियर तब करता है जब उसको एक रॉयल्टी मिले और वो आगे भी चले वरना वो फिर चार पांच साल के लिए कुछ ना होता है ना वो आप जब वो दिए में बहुत तेल डालते हो फटफटाता है वो बहुत लाइट देता है उसको बेचारा बुझ जाता है वो होगा अगर आप रॉयल्टीज नहीं देंगे जी ओके Welcome to Bradford. Thank you. Yes. So I was lucky enough to spend a couple of years in Lahore in the 90s. So obviously movies at that time, you know, cinema, there's a gap. And now, of course, you know, your film, mashallah, you know, who is. So how do you see a revival or the future of the cinema in Pakistan, you know, going forward? Since, of course, you know, the success of your movies or other movies as well. Yeah. You know, how you see the future, 
you know, overall in Pakistan, albeit, you know, Lahore, Karachi, I'll, Peshawar, all this. I'll tell you, I think the revival, the word revival is, you know, we had done with 2007, it was a marketing gimmick that was used and then everyone kind of, you know, uh, kept on playing on that. It's just like when you keep on hearing the word um, moderate, moderate, you know, it was coined in 2004 at that era and then we keep on listening to that, you know. So anyway, the revival it would, is done sort of, but we need to have Pakistani films and we at least need to have 40 to 50 films a year. Till the time that number is not touched, we are not really be going to be able to sustain a Pakistani cinema industry. We need to have that. We need to have either that or we need to have Indian films running in Pakistani cinemas. Because there are 52 weeks in a cinema in a, in a year. You need to have a cinema house, a theatre house, has to have a film every week, a new film. So 52 is the bare minimum. We in Pakistan right now are only at 20 films a year, which is not a good enough number to run a business. So we need to have those number of 52 films. And I mean, uh, there's a lot of debate that goes on between Indian films being open in Pakistan. And, and I have always been saying that till the time you can't make it, then you have to buy. I mean, if you can't, you know, manufacture cars in your country and your demand is there, then you've got to import the cars. It's simple as that. And every Hollywood film doesn't work in Pakistan. Not every Hollywood film is Marvel. People don't watch the normal Hollywood films that come to um, them. Only, the, only the, the ones which do business are Mission Impossible, Fast and the Furious, Marvel, you know, all that. The rest of the films, they don't do business. So it's simple, you will have to have those 52 films somehow. Either uh, another great initiative has been done recently by the government where uh, uh, Maria Morenzeb, Sahibad Information Minister, has, uh, given a, uh, has taken off a couple of taxes and has exempted some taxes for the film industry for the next five to 10 years, if I'm not wrong. I think that's a great initiative, but now it's up to the filmmakers to make films. I mean, the government has done their bit now make films and take advantage of... Are the scripts there or is, it the, or the, is the money not there? The, the, I think it's kind of at the money stage right now. Yeah. I feel. At this stage, it's the money stage. Is it because there's not enough of I think it's because return? the COVID fla uh, yeah. lag okay. as well is kind of played in. The COVID thing also kind of damaged us really bad. Okay. Yeah. Got another question? Question G. No. Um, Do you want to wait for the microphone, please? Yeah. Uh, hi, yeah. Um, I don't really have a question, but I just wanted to say that um, I was introduced to Eniki Aigi Bharat and I was just like blown away and I'm really impressed to hear that you'd never been here. I mean, how you depicted that boy from England with the, I mean, and I was just like sold and then I watched everything that you've ever written. So thank well you. done. Really relatable. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, any, any questions? I'm 71 year old man. तो मैं आपको वेलकम करता हूं तेरी मेरी कहानी भी आज देखेंगे बस याद रखिएगा नहीं नहीं बिल्कुल इंशाल्लाह बस आप सिर्फ एक बार पाउंड नीचे आने दें जरा बहुत शुक्रिया बहुत शुक्रिया got a question over there yeah thanks so much for running through your life experiences it's been absolutely fascinating uh, I've got two questions for you sure uh, I'm Punjabi so we give us a chance we don't stop so the first question I've got for you if you were revisiting and re-looking at the moments you've actually had in your life with film, media, etc., and you could do things differently, what would you do differently? So that's the first one. And the second question I have is in regards to, similar to what you've just been asked, if you have aspiring actors or, or film producers that are over here in the UK, 
and they want to connect with Pakistan and we connect to a wider audience. What advice would you give them to really take the opportunity? How would you say to go about that? Uh, well, for the first part, I don't know if I can redo. I think whatever mistakes even you do, they are part of the learning or you become a byproduct of that, I guess. So I don't know if I would really revisit and change something about it. Uh, the second thing that you said about, uh, you know, what they... I think you need to really be confident about your story. Be confident about your story, but think about it realistically as well. That what is... What's the average that this story can achieve from... Because if you're targeting a Pakistani audience, you know, don't... Because I think... At times, I feel that people overshoot with their idea. An idea excites you as a creative, and then you overshoot your expectations. And when those expectations are not met, then you get disappointed. Like I was just telling you that when Jackson Hyde came, mm. it was not a commercial success. So mm. that's a, a thing that I accepted. And there and then I accepted. But I never expected it that it was going because I knew it was not going to become a dolly gaigi barat. But that's the do that's a long tail though, isn't it? That's what I was trying to get at earlier on. We're living in a digital world now where you don't necessarily have to be, have a hit on original transmission. It can be watched twenty years. I mean, Mike, I watched Friends when it came out. Yeah. Right? My daughter who's twenty three is obsessed still with still watches Friends. it. Yeah. She loves Friends now. No, no. But my point yeah. is, according to what he's saying, that you know what can work in Pakistan, I was just trying to address that part, mm. that you don't know what's going to work in Pakistan. Similarly, I don't know what's going to work in UK. You can have probabilities that, you know, from past experiences that that thing worked or this thing mm. worked. But just believe in whatever story you're making, but don't overshoot with the expectations. Just keep them in check, that I'm giving my best shot. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, it's okay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So, you know, then you don't get disappointed that much. I feel a lot of times, I feel people that they keep on working on an idea, working on an idea, working on an idea, and then if, if God forbid, doesn't work, they're like, you know, we didn't work and the market was bad and the audience is this, and you start looking for blame to be put somewhere, all of it. That part shouldn't happen. They'll have to come to Pakistan. <laughs> Where in Pakistan? Where in Pakistan? You see, films, I wouldn't suggest that you come for films. Come for the main, uh, the television drama thing. Because that is a bigger market that is happening more often. Uh, films are not happening that much. When they get made, then it takes a lot of time. And then wherever, it's not Karachi, it's not Lahore, wherever the film is set. I mean, last film I did was uh, London Nahi Jaunga. That film was shot in Bahawalpur. And the other half was shot in London and in Turkey. So where did Karachi or Lahore go in that? So you see, it, film is location-based primarily. Uh, but otherwise, if you're saying as an actor, I would suggest that you come to Karachi and do a lot of uh, television and explore opportunities over there because that's also a good groundwork for you to realize that, you know, because when you do a TV drama, you know, you do 26 to 30 episodes and if you get five scenes in every episode even. So that means that that's almost 40, 50 scenes. And in 40, 50 scenes, you will get to exercise your expressions 40 to 50 times and explore your expressions. There's a lot of detailed cycling that goes into it, like, you know, your expressions, your muscles, your facial muscles, how does your eye operate, what expression does your eye give, what scene is going to demand what kind of expression. So I think it's a good playground for that, that you can get to learn that how does my face work? We think that our face works very, you know, the way we imagine it or the way we see it in the mirror. But when uh, we are given a certain fictitious scene, you might not have been in that situation ever in your life. You know, you might not have been a farmer in a remote village in Sindh who's, you know, going along with the cows and whatever. So how, I can't practice it because I've never been, so either I'm going to go and do research, live there, you know, 
try to do some kind of, you know, that method acting stuff. But for that even, I'll need to exercise my... So I think these... Going through this drill is what's important. And for that, I would suggest that television has more opportunities as compared to film. Thank you. Thank you. Right, well, I think unfortunately we've come to the end now. We've, uh, we've sure. come, it's been an absolutely fantastic conversation. I'm sure you, you can grab him afterwards as we try and uh, escort uh, him out of the property. But I just want to say a round of applause for the Say Chart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the festival, please subscribe. Share this episode with others and leave a rating. Don't forget to mark your calendars as the Bradford Literature Festival returns for its 10th year from 28th of June to the 7th of July 2024.